on that intense note, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Foundry Church. My name is Mitchell Dome. I am one of the ministers here at staff. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. If you are in person, if you're joining us online, if you're on camera one, camera two, camera three, or if you're listening to the audio version of this that we put out on podcasts throughout the week, thanks for being here. We appreciate you guys plugging along with us as we are into week two of our new series, She Speaks. Sitting at the feet of Lady Wisdom, I made that error and called it something wrong about six times while practicing it. So the fact that I got through this whole bit here without a hiccup, it's a good sign. We're off to a good start. And the fact that I just attempted a joke that nobody laughed at, that's good too. It helps me get the bad ones out early, okay? Yep, just shake it off, shake it off. Nobody laughed, it's okay. We won't, we're not pitching a perfect game here today, but that's fine. How are you guys doing this morning? I am so, so into this series. Oh, I'm also, I forget, I'm over here now. Hi. If you're, if you're watching us on Zoom, good morning. Yes, we do a Zoom lobby now as well. We are trying our best here at Foundry Church to be, uh, I don't know, in the times, you know, getting in and being able to uh, be a part of in different levels of face-to-face contact with people who, you know, might not be able to go out and get face-to-face contact. So that's why we're doing this Zoom stuff. That's why that looks a little weird. That's why there are TVs facing you guys in the corners, if you never knew that. Those are people who are watching us on Zoom, and that's something we're hoping to keep going so that, like I said, some of our elderly families, some of our families who are, you know, in that kind of risky health demographic so that they can still feel like they're a part of the service and be safe at home. So as you walk by, give them a wave, say what's up. Uh, and that was a complete sidebar from where I thought I was going. Uh, like I said, we are in week two of our series here on wisdom. I love, 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 and I, I can't state how many more times I love wisdom teachings. Even the theory, the idea behind wisdom teachings, these, um, these pages that you read through that are, are filled with these literary devices and paradoxes and all of these things and how that those pieces of scripture, when you read them once, you're like, oh, okay, and then you read them again and again and again, and they keep teaching you and teaching you and calling you forward and forward and forward. I say all of that to say, if this series is something you're into, we did a series a couple years ago through the book of Ecclesiastes that was called Vapor, uh, which was one of my favorite series that we ever did. I was fortunate enough to be able to speak in that one too, Um, but that series changed my life in in a lot of different ways. Uh, It changed how I viewed scripture. It changed how I viewed what I was reading, Uh, and, and like I said, it was super impactful, so don't go now. If you're watching online, don't listen now. Go back later. Watch it later if you're here in the house. Uh, go through. It's all on our podcast as well. So listen to those. They're well worth your time. Uh, like I said, we are in week two of this series where we're talking about the wisdom. We're reading uh, through wisdom scripture in the book of Proverbs, which in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is often referred to as a woman. She, lady wisdom. So that's why we have this series. That's why this is called She Speaks. We're trying to take the realest picture of wisdom that we get through the scriptures and see how that pertains to our lives here today in 2021. And today, specifically, we're going to be talking about wisdom that deals with the heart. The whole idea of today is wisdom dealing with the heart. Now, if you read the book of Proverbs over and over and over again, you'll see the word heart used. But we're not talking about when the word heart is used. We're talking about when Scripture is giving characteristics to the heart. And this, this inner being thing that Scripture keeps talking about with the heart. So let's take a quick look at this verse. This is going to be kind of the main verse, the main idea. And then we're going to support it through some other stuff in case you were 
you know, worried about breaking down my, uh, my talk here. That's where we're going, okay? So here it is. This is Proverbs 4, 20 through 26. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ears to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are, the, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's body. Verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead of you. Fix your gaze directly before you. Keep careful thoughts to the past uh, for your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Uh, can we go back one? I'm sorry, I probably, I need to give more direction with my scriptures. That's my fault. Um, so what I want to look right here, and we see right here in verse 2, uh, don't let them out of sight, keep them within your heart. Okay, so right here we see that they're saying, hey, these words keep them on your heart. That's just an example of how heart is used differently. So that, that's not the kind of heart that we're talking about. If we go to this bottom here in verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. It's giving a characteristic to this idea of heart. Guard your heart for everything flows from it. And then what we see, if we keep going on the scriptures here, uh, I know I'm just giving just a ton of work to the switcher. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, go to the next verse. Uh, so everything, your heart flows from it. And then what we see in the next verse or the next jump of scriptures, keep your mouth free of perversity. Talk, eyes, gaze, feet, ways. So it starts with this idea of heart, okay? Keep, uh, guard your heart for everything flows from it. The scripture goes directly on to show that flow. It goes from heart to mouth to eyes to feet. You see, we can get this natural progression in seeing how guarding our heart is important when it comes to these other different ways. And in this particular verse, and that's why I use so much of this passage here, is because it shows you right there in a very realistic example of when we're not guarding our heart, it goes and it works incrementally down into the different steps here. And that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, I think... Uh, ultimately, the biggest thing that I could tell you guys, and if I had to give you one key or one step or one thing from this, is take inventory of your heart. Everything we're going to talk about today, every bit of the scriptures and the stuff that I've been reading for the past two or three weeks preparing for this message led me to one revelation you need to take inventory of your heart. What wisdom does, what these wisdom teachings do, and why they're so powerful, and why you can read them so many different times and be continually getting things out of them, is because wisdom is always calling you to more. Wisdom is always asking the question, but why? Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And when you start peeling back the layers of wisdom, you'll find that you're going deeper and deeper and deeper within yourself, within your own heart. Uh, I'll get into a little bit more of this later. But one of the life-changing things that I've done over, if I had three things that I was supposed to give someone that have helped me the most, journaling is in my top, like, two. Like, I started writing down the things that were happening in my life. Today, Patty walked by me in the hallway. She didn't talk to me, period. I went to my office and worried for six hours if she was mad at me. Like, stuff like that. And then I read back through those and I go, oh, 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 no, wait. She probably wasn't really mad at you. You just kind of made that up in your head. You know, and, and of course, that's a very, like, very benign, like, example. But, like, fights with my wife, fights that I have with people, all of these things, I write them down. I write what happened, how I responded, and then I ask the question, 
why did you respond that way? And I'm telling you guys, nine out of 10 times has nothing to do with that person. When I'm angry, when I'm mad, when I'm fighting with my wife, when something else, nine out of 10 times, nothing to do with them. It's all things that I'm dealing with within myself because I'm not correctly guarding my heart because I'm not taking inventory of who I am as a person. And that incrementally goes down through each phase of my life, how I talk, how I act, how I speak, how I notice and receive blessings in my life. So I brought a stool out here because I want to like kind of kind of sit for a little bit and, and talk for a little bit and not run around the stage. Um, but I also bought it because like, I like sitting and telling stories. So I had a story that I debated if I was going to tell or not, but you know, things are going so smoothly so far, I might as well tell it. Um, <laughs> this past weekend, uh, well actually we'll go back in time, we'll go back to two weeks. I bought a car, um, which was a big deal for me. Uh, I love cars, I have a lot of them. I'm always buying and selling different cars throughout life. Um, uh, me and my father, we went splitsies on a Mustang GT, a 1996 Mustang GT. Friends, I know what you're thinking. It sounds sweet. V8, five-speed, it costs $2,000. The paint's chipping. It looks terrible. It's horribly ugly. Mufflers are completely rusted through, so it, I, like, it sounds like that. Um, it sounds terrible when I drive it, but like you just feel American. You're like, ah, this is what this is my intended reality. Um, <laughs> that was a church joke. Oh, he had. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of the things, and of course, reasons why it was two thousand dollars is because the whole bottom half of the transmission didn't work. Second, fourth, reverse, right? None of those gears worked. Long story short, I took it down uh, to uh, Lake Wales, which is where I'm from, where me, two of my very close friends and my father, uh, Thursday evening, opened it up. We're, we're opening up and we're, we're starting to change the transmission. If you are someone who is mechanically inclined, just imagine someone who is only armed with the internet trying to change the transmission. We didn't even have proper jacks. It took us two and a half hours to jack it up, and then guess what happened? fell down on one side. It was horrible. When, when that happened, like, we were all, you know, we're thinking, oh, okay, we'll do this. It's no big deal. Like, you know, uh, we'll change the transmission, then we'll go out and have dinner, right? So at that point, we're so upset and so frustrated because of how long this is taking. I'm like, no, step away. Let's go get dinner. We'll come back and get started on it. Okay, because by the end of that time, getting it re-jacked up, I didn't even care where I was jacking it from. I was like, just get up in the air, you piece of crap. Like, I hate you. And so I stop, we get dinner, okay? Then I, we come back at it, fresh perspective. I'm tearing apart the inside of this center console, right? And then I notice that none of the bottom half gears work because there's this bolt that is literally physically stopping the shifter from going all the way down, I take the bolt back, and it slides into second, fourth, reverse. Whole thing works fine. And, and I, it's like, it's super cool, right? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But then I, I had this moment where I thought, oh, okay, so if I hadn't have stopped, if we hadn't have taken a break there, I would have never noticed that, right? I would have been so upset and so frustrated that I would have just gone through it and just started tearing stuff apart, not caring, and, and I would have missed the entire point. And I, I tell you that whole long story not to just brag at the fact that my car works now. 
Um, <laughs> but I tell it because I, I think it's, it, it's kind of a part of the sermon, right? Like this idea of when we're talking about your life, when you aren't taking the time to take inventory of what's going on around you, if you're not taking moments of just breathing, reflection, examining your heart, you blow past all of the stuff that's going on in your life. You miss the blessings. You miss what's going on around you because you're so focused on the next thing or you're so focused on this or that, going, 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 and we can miss it. If I have one thing, and we, not to get you scared, but we haven't really even gotten into the sermon yet. If I have one thing to tell you based off of my life, my weekend, what's been going on, take a second, take inventory. It sounds stupid. Write down what's going on in your life. Write down the thing. Write down how you responded. And then ask yourself, why did I respond that way to that? That's how you lead to life change. But that is a very biblical principle. Guard your heart. Guard it. Take inventory of what you watch, of what you listen to, who you talk to, when you talk to them, why you talk to them. Do those things so that you can be becoming a better version of yourself so you're paying attention to the blessings that you're receiving every single day. Now, sorry, sidebar. <laughs> uh, let's look at this. This is our first passage here today. Uh, this is Proverbs 14, 13. This, uh, this little passage here, it speaks to something within the heart. Again, we're looking for verses in the book of Proverbs that is giving a characteristic to the heart. This one says, even in laughter, the heart may ache. This is a paradox, right? This is, this is a literary device that is being used for something. Because when we read that, we notice there's a contradiction here. Okay, even in laughter, one far side of the spectrum, your heart can be on the other side. This, you know what I mean? So something is going on here, and this is what I'm talking about with wisdom teachings. You take a second, pause, reread it, let it soak into your life, because when you think about it, you go, oh, I know what they're talking about there, right? Think about your days. Think about how complex your life and your heart are. Rarely in life, even when everything is good, even when I, I just had a fantastic weekend. I, my life is great. There's still issues. There's still problems. There are things in this world that are going on in my life that make my heart ache. So there's this dualistic nature to the heart. That's what Proverbs is trying to teach us here. The wisdom lesson that's to be learned from that scripture, it, well, I'm, not, that I'm, not that I'm powerful enough to speak for what this scripture exactly means. It's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am saying is what you can pull directly from this is this idea that it takes wisdom to understand that even in the laughter, even in the best of the best times, there's still pain. There is still heartache. There's still stuff that's going around that's broken or that's wrong. But conversely, the, other, the flip side of it is even when things are at their worst, even when everything's bad, even when you pulled apart the whole transmission and it was fixed the entire time, even in that, there's still good, there's still positive, there's still joy, there's still life being found within you. It takes us examining the heart to notice these things. Now, what I don't want you to hear from that is, is that, you know, okay, your life's never going to be perfect, so, uh, you know, just keep pushing on, just keep going. Wisdom is this invitation, this call that is always going towards more. Wisdom is not scared of the question why. Wisdom is not scared of more knowledge or more or more or more. This scripture isn't saying bury down the bad. 
Just ignore it. It's always going to be there. This scripture is an invitation for you to go deeper into it, knowing that even when things are good, the pain is still there. So don't ignore it. Don't push it down, but go deeper into it. Ask the hard questions. What I think we find often in life is the, the way, the path of like least resistance, right? Like, ah, that hurts. Let's not even deal with it. Ah, that's not great. Let's just push it down and keep moving, keep moving. No, no. When you do that, what ends up happening is those issues, those problems, they bury down deep inside your heart and then they manifest themselves in other ways. When you're yelling at the cashier at Publix because they're not accepting your coupons, Newsflash, you're not mad at the cashier, right? Are you with me on this? Like, when, when, when I'm mad at the barista for messing up my coffee drink, I'm not actually mad at the barista. There's something else that's going on in my life that I'm ignoring, and that's what's allowing these feelings that are already so manifested in myself to be bubbling out up at everyone around me. Don't push matters of the heart down. Listen to your heart. Listen to that still voice that's deep down in the core of you and ask yourself, why? Notice non-dualistic nature of the heart. You're going to be feeling all of these things at once. I know I'm, I'm talking a lot about things that changed my life and I'm sorry, I swear I'm not this like hectic of a person who's just bouncing around from thing to thing. But one of the other things that I've started doing recently that had a huge impact of my life was acknowledging the fact that each and every person in this world, their life is as complex as mine, okay? That sounds dumb, that sounds obvious, but when you think about it, all of those literal interactions that you have with people, yeah, those people are carrying around all the same weight that you are. So when Patty gets mad at me at the office, I can go, all right, hey, take a deep breath. She's probably dealing with a lot too. Maybe I need to ask her how she's doing. Maybe I need to see if maybe she's being overworked. I'm not picking on Patty, I swear. I just came back to that. Patty's never mad at me. I don't think Patty's ever been mad at me. She's not even back there to say anything, so we're good. <laughs> but, but seriously, like, think about that. Each person's life is as complex as yours. Give each other mercy and grace with one another while you're listening to your heart. Let's go on to the next one. Um, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. What we'll see in scripture time and time again is this correlation between the heart and the body. This realization that, that is just prevalent through scripture over and over again, that your heart and your body are very connected. Although the heart feels, you know, like this spiritual thing or this metaphorical thing. No, 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 no. It is directly tied into your health, your day to day. And like I said, that's not a, that's something that the Hebrew people and these wisdom teachings would have been like, exactly. But I think when I have an emotional, like, bad day, I'm like, ah, no big deal. Like, it's okay. But when I really think about it, me and Hannah the other day, we were talking about um, the worst moments of our marriage. Just, you know, light dinner conversation. <laughs> no, we were going through, like, we had a, she had a, we had a really bad day. We were having a bad week, and we were like, well, let's, let's talk about this. And we were digging into this moment, uh, which was probably top five lower moments of our lives when um, we, we basically were, we were all set up, ready to make this huge move from where we were living to this new place with this new job, with all of this stuff. And we had already told our bosses and everyone around us that we were moving on. Like, hey, we took this job. We're out of here in a couple weeks, crying, hugging people. And then um, I had it set up on that Friday before we were leaving on the Monday to have this dinner at, at the fanciest restaurant in Lake Wales, people. Come on. 
the fanciest. Like, it was a big deal. It was an Italian restaurant. Uh, and about two hours before we went to that dinner, uh, we found out that uh, I didn't get the job. Like, that it kind of got, things got shifted around. The thing that was there was no longer there. And then we were like, oh, no. We have to, like, tell, like, everyone around us that we're not moving and then go beg for our jobs back. Um, so, so we're dealing with the weight of all of this. Meanwhile, there's a deadline on this reservation at a restaurant I have, and I'm sitting there in our kitchen debating, well, do we go to the restaurant or not? And I'm like, well, I guess the alternative is we're going to just sit here and be sad all night, so let's go to the restaurant. So we went to the restaurant. We ordered, like, tropical, like, little fruity drinks to cheer us up, and then we just ended up just doing this, just sitting, staring at each other, sad, And it was this physical draining thing on my life. Like my emotions, my deepest inner heart was broken and it manifested itself through my physical nature. My being, my spirit was affected from that. There was no difference between my heart and my body. And again, when we're talking about matters of the heart and when we're looking through wisdom scriptures, we need to remember our heart and our body, they're tied together. There is no separation the two, what happens to one is going to happen to the other. And that's why when we read the scripture again here, um, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Envy would have been a very, very popular topic of conversation with ancient Hebrew people. And think about it this way. When we look at the Bible and we look at the narrative of the Bible, so you had the Hebrew people who were enslaved in Egypt, right? They, they break out, the plagues happen, they get their own freedom. Okay, so then they, they, they bust out, water split, ah, they get through it, okay. Now they're on the other side of all of this, and they're starting this society, this whole new humanity as a people. So God goes to Moses and says, hey, look, I'm going to give you 10 rules basically for life. A lot of stuff happens in between here. I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version. But, you know, God writes these 10, these 10 rules on a tablet and says, hey, these are the rules for your civilization. Like, this is the thing I want you to build my people off of. And one of the ten rules was do not covet, which sounds a lot like do not envy. And what's super fascinating is I have a list of them. These are the ten commandments in case you're, you're forgetting. Um, all of these ten, all ten of them, or all the first nine, sorry, all could be seen right? Take no other gods before me. If we're a society, we're living together, we're a tribe. If I started taking another god before Yahweh, you would have noticed. Like, I would have had this weird statue that I was worshiping. I would be making sacrifices. You'd be like, what the heck is he doing? Graven images, Lord's name in vain. You would hear that. Working on a Sunday, honoring your father and mother. If I was dishonoring my father and mother, you would see it. Keep going. Do not kill. If I killed someone, you'd notice. Adultery, you would notice. If I stealed something, you could see it, you would notice. Bearing false witness, if I'm out lying to everybody, I would get a pretty good reputation around the tribe. Finally, do not covet. That is the one out of the ten that you can't see. I don't know when someone's coveting something else of mine. I don't know what's going on in the heart, in this inner core being of someone else. Look at the 10. Again, I mean, we don't have to look at them, but think about the 10. There's a ton of stuff. I get it. Modern society, we have a ton of issues. But if we were to go on the 10, we've got a lot of the like stealing, murdering, killing, like sleeping with other people. Like, granted, we have a sh- fair share of that, but like we got those things a little bit under control. But the whole coveting thing, 
Not a chance, guys. Not a chance. Our kids, our youths are going on social media and Instagram, and they're literally getting depressed because they're coveting the stuff of somebody else. Think about us adults, humans, well-adjusted. I look at my neighbors when they get a new car, and I go, the heck did they get a new car? What do they deserve that for? I, I work hard. Do I not get a new car? Where's my 1996 Mustang GT? I said that three weeks ago, and now I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like that, that is that, that, that literation there, okay? Envy rots the bones. It is this inner heart thing that we can allow to just start, and then it seeds, and it grows, and it grows within ourselves, and it can ruin an entire life, can ruin an entire civilization. These are the things that are matters of the heart that we must, must be keeping toll on. We need to be looking at our lives and wondering, why do I hate my people, my old friends on Facebook? Well, is it because I'm jealous? Is it because I'm coveting them because they have something that, that, I, that I want and I don't think that they deserve it, so why do they get it, not me? Whatever. Matters of the heart, they must, must be watched. You must be keeping toll. Again, back to, Hebrew, or to Proverbs 4, 17, 16, uh, guard your heart. Watch over the things that you're intaking. Watch over the feelings that you're doing. And when you do that, you'll notice how those things move from your mind to your lips to your hands to your feet. Your entire life can be thrown off because we are not aligning our hearts properly. Because we are not aligning to the things that we need to be aligning to. Uh, I think I got two more. What's, what's our next one? Uh, each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one can share in its joy. This is, again, another reminder in this wisdom teaching that there is no easy answer. I'm terribly sorry if you were looking for the, the three-piece, you know, the, the three-cut sermon where I gave you the three points to a better life today. Pa, pa, pa. It's not going to happen. Because when it comes to wisdom teachings, when it comes to matters of the heart, only you know. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, sure, my friends, my family, you let me into your lives and, and I get an idea of what's going on. But at the end of the day, only each heart knows its own bitterness, bitterness and no one can share in the joy. This is a journey to the center of you that only you can go on and only you can know if you do anything with it. And that's why wisdom teachings and matters of the heart are so, so difficult. At the end of the day, you're looking at the mirror and you have to be asking yourself, well, how far do I want to go? How good of a person do I want to be? Do I want to take the time to be going through the muddiest, dirtiest, deepest parts of my life? I don't know. Only you know that. Now, we can give some tips. We can give some things that can, that can help. I'm here for that. I'll say right now, um, again, and in, in to just drill a point down, one of the most important things I ever did in my life was start writing stuff down, start taking, taking inventory of my emotions, of my feelings, and going, oh, why, why does that person make me so mad? And, and not to, to do a callback here, it's like I'm, I'm up here just preach, like just selling you different sermon series to go through. But we did a sermon series this summer called Nothing Changes If Nothing Changes. It was through the 12 steps. That whole series was just about the ego. And the thing that just rocked my world over summer was knowing, 
oh, I, I'm the one with the problem. <laughs> like, like I, I'm the issue here. Because I, for so much of my life, I built it off of other people being the issue, right? Like, man, if that person just wouldn't do that, if, if they would just stop, or if they would change, or if they would... No, 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 it, it, it was me. I, I was the one who was wrong all along. My ego was getting in my way. Will you take time and work on your ego and acknowledging that sometimes we're the ones who are wrong? We're the people who are, we're the stick in the mud that's holding all of this up. All right, I got, I got one more, and this one's a good one. Um, the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Again, this is, this is this promise that we're finding in Proverbs that is saying, hey, if you work out the matters of the heart, if you go through and do the dirty work, if you're willing to go through these deepest parts of your life, there's this light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like once you get to this point, yeah, when someone cuts you off in traffic, you don't have to chase them down anymore. Like it's okay. You can take a deep breath, right? We must align our heart. We must find peace within ourselves, and that peace radiates. It manifests inside you. It builds like the old Dave Ramsey snowball effect. You know what I'm talking about? Who went to that class? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and that is this spark inside of you, this joy that's alive in you that can't be taken out by anyone else. We believe here as a church that that starts with the God who is the creator, the sustainer of all things, the God who is in all and through all. Every morning, I, I try to take a little bit of time in, in just praying that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will come in and resonate into my life. Because I, I know I got shortcomings. I, I know I've got issues. I know if it's just up to me, Things, things probably aren't going to get done, or at least get done very well. There's an aligning process that needs to happen. There's this getting right bit that we must do as people. We must look to the creator, to the sustainer of all things, and say, God, what do you have for me today? We must look at when this God took on flesh, when he came to live through the life of Jesus. We must read these teachings and understand how Jesus would respond in the everyday situations that we are in. And then we pray that God would meet us in our ineptitude, in our lacking, in our wanting, and make us whole again. That's what this whole thing is about. And when we come to a time like this in our services, when we start thinking and looking at the emblems of communion, there's so much bigger and so much more than just bread and juice. We do these things in remembrance of the Father. We do these things in remembrance of Jesus, the one who came and lived a blameless life, died on the cross, was buried, and then rose again. When we take these emblems, we're making this radical statement that we are wanting to align our life with the ways of Christ. We want to begin to deny ourselves, take up our crosses daily, and walk with him. This moment of communion, like I said, it's in remembrance of that. 
It's in remembrance of, of the fact that God didn't remain distant, but rather came to earth with us. But it's also a radical statement of solidarity. It's you taking them and saying, I want to be like Christ. I'm in taking these things. The pieces, the emblems of Christ are becoming me. Yeah. While we do those things, I want you to take a moment of reflection. I want you to think about how you need to respond to this. Are you listening to your heart? If you're here today and you need prayer, I have people in the back who want to pray with you. If you're here and you would rather do kind of a, a more silent prayer request, I have a prayer wall over here. There's little notes. Write down those things. We are continually praying over that stuff. If you're watching with us online, we have people. I say this every week on Seize the Day. We have live people with, you know, on the other side of the chat window who want to talk to you, who want to pray with you. Your heart is not meant to bear all of this life alone. You need to be pouring yourself out to others, getting the wisdom of others. If you need to respond in those ways, I pray, I pray that you would. If you're interested in knowing more about Jesus, ask. Find someone you trust. Learn more about this life, oh, all this stuff. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for the opportunity we have as believers just to gather here to, to talk about ways and, and spirits of the heart and, and the nature of all of this life that we have, that, the beautiful gift that we're living each and every day, God. I pray that you would be with us. Align our hearts to you. All these things we pray in your son's name. Amen.